0: Don't you wish your life came with a warning app? That dog does not want to be petted. (laughs) Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.
1: This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Steven Grosser. In Texas and Louisiana, they are just starting to dig out and rebuild after Hurricane Harvey. That will obviously be a very long process. In Florida, they are bracing for Hurricane Irma. And here on The Money Beach Show, we are thinking about all our, our federal, fellow citizens down south and hoping that you're all safe and okay. And we are also, because this is a business-related show, we are wondering what this all means for the insurance industry. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, joined in the studio, I am, by Eric Money Beat editor, and Nicole Friedman, who covers the insurance industry for The Wall Street Journal. How are you both? Good. Thank you. So, I guess, okay, we we need to state up front, uh, always with these fast-moving hurricanes, what time we're doing this. We're doing this Friday morning, so we don't know a lot about what is We know a lot about what Irma has done throughout the Caribbean. We don't know what's going to happen yet in the U.S.
0: That's right. I mean, it does seem pretty clear that it's going to take a swipe at Florida, Um, It was downgraded this morning to a Category 4 hurricane, but that is still a massive, massive storm um, in terms of the power of it. The hurricane force winds spread out from uh, up to 70 miles from the center of the storm. So the exact path of where it makes landfall will be very critical for how much damage it does, how much it impacts the 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 loss of life in Florida, the the economy of Florida, um, how much damage it does to Miami, which is it, it could be what is the insurance industry's and the state's worst case scenario if a if a category 4 hurricane with winds of 150 miles an hour goes straight into Miami. The path that the National Hurricane Center um, has right now has it going slightly to the w- to the west of miami a matter of a few miles makes all the difference.
2: Yeah, just to underscore that, um, there was a note last night from Wells Fargo that pointed out that Hurricane Andrew in 1992, which is still the second costliest hurricane in U.S. history, in 2016 dollars it cost almost $25 billion in insured losses. And that was 20 miles outside Miami. And they say if it had been direct hit to Miami, it would have been double the losses. Wow. And so, just that 20 miles can make an enormous difference in terms of obviously lives lost and also property yeah, damage. And, and
1: Miami, I don't know if if anyone there is, if anyone listening has been there or seen it or knows, familiar with it, it's flown over or whatever. Like, they have a lot of big buildings right on the ocean. I mean, it, it's almost like an entire skyline is is right on the ocean.
2: Yeah, and those buildings are pretty strong and are yeah. built to pretty tight codes but it's not these, like this is
1: a surprise this is
2: not a surprise right. florida has had a lot of hurricanes and is ready for it and these buildings are prepared to withstand very fast winds but these winds could be so extraordinarily fast wow. that it's it's just hard to protect against
0: and, and and the higher up you are in a building the more powerful the winds are from a hurricane um, and, pe- I mean, people should listen. If anyone is listening in Florida, they need to listen to their local officials about how to protect themselves. And, in fact, if you're in Florida, you you may have done this before. You probably have done this before and you know exactly what to do. So don't adv- uh, listen to us for advice on what to do there. But but uh, for our readers or listeners elsewhere, um, people who live in these condos, these massive towers, they don't stay in those those concrete things that look so – you know uh, amazingly well built they they hide in the hallways or they they evacuate they get out because those windows can get sucked right out wow. in in the worst case scenario yeah um so it's it's uh it, 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 this weekend will be um a, a lot of people from a lot of you know different walks of life will be paying a lot of attention to exactly where that storm comes ashore it, it, the, if the national hurricane center path that we see this morning friday morning has it going straight up the middle of the state which actually is not the worst case believe it or not straight up the middle of the state it's less populated than on either coast and again the center of the storm is the most powerful part a few miles out is very very dangerous 70 miles out still going to get a hurricane but (laughs) if if you're if you're getting a you know category equivalent of a category one hurricane out there that is way way better than a category four i saw a stat this morning that it, that even though this has lost power it's lost 35 miles an hour from its peak wind peak sustained winds it's still going to be predicted to be the fourth among the four or five strongest storms to ever hit florida which is it's
2: staggering. Terrifying. staggering that's terrifying. And the projections, there's all these catastrophe modeling firms that try to project the damage that could be caused by various catastrophes. And they say that the a Category 5 hurricane going straight into Miami could cause up to $125 billion in insured wow. losses. Which, and, in fact,
0: I've seen one estimate that was
1: double that, believe Right. Believe it and to not, put that in context. Just within that city. Well, No, total, oh, total but it would total. go
2: straight to Miami and yeah. that would – caused that extreme wow. number. And just to put that into context, Katrina is the most expensive hurricane in U.S. history, and it was $50 billion in insured losses. So this is more than two Katrinas is the possibility that we're oh talking my. about here.
1: Uh, you know, so before – and, and uh, I, I want to sort of drill down a little bit uh, almost onto the individual level, which you and Leslie Sism were, have been writing about. But But let's keep it broad for a second. Uh, you guys are saying, and you're right. You know, people down in Florida and the Gulf Coast states, and they are used to hurricanes. They know how to prepare for this. The insurance industry, Nicole, of course, is very familiar with hurricanes, also. But uh, having having two big storms like this, one back on top of the other, I mean, is the insurance industry prepared for for this?
2: Yeah. So the insurance industry, as you say, is very used to natural disasters. This is. for a lot of reasons why they exist and what they're here to do. And they luckily have had a long streak of very few natural disasters and particularly hurricane related. There have been no hurricanes that have made direct landfall in the Florida area for a long time. And so the damage has been much lower than on average over history for years. And so the insurance industry has built up a huge amount of surplus capital and is actually incredibly well capitalized going into this hurricane season and is – prepared to absorb definitely the losses from Harvey and the losses from potential Hurricane Irma without you know any kind of severe stress to the system. Depending how bad Irma is, it could cause an increase in prices going forward, but there wouldn't be a, a worry that they literally couldn't pay the bills. Right. In
0: fact, over the last few years, there's been so much extra money rushing into the catastrophe insurance industry that... Prices have gone way down. Like there, there's the competition to sell insurance is is very intense for catastrophic coverage, and we can get into who sells home insurance in Florida later. Nicole and Leslie did a great job on a story, um, a couple of several stories, but um, but the the point here is that. Um, the losses the m- many of the losses will be absorbed by what 's called the reinsurance market, the global reinsurance market that sells backup protection to um, to, to home insurers so uh, after a certain two insurance company right two insurance yeah. companies right, yeah, right. yeah yeah so um, so and, the, and and in catastrophe bonds, which are a relatively new development in the capital markets where uh, investors buy essentially a slice of the You know, they are the capital that's backstopping um, some of the
1: catastrophe protection, Mm the catastrophe insurance. Let's take a break there. When we come back, we're going to start talking about what homeowners returning to their their homes in Texas and Louisiana, what they're discovering when they actually start to read their insurance policies, probably in some cases for the first time in many years. You are listening to Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. Don't you wish your life came with a warning app?
0: That dog does not want to be petted. (laughs) Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.
1: For a new podcast experience, subscribe to the Future of Everything podcast from the Wall Street Journal. Now on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This is Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Steven Grosser. Welcome back to Money Beat. Paul here in the studio with Eric Holm and Nicole Friedman. We're talking about Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Irma, the Gulf Coast states, and the damage that those, those storms are causing and what it means for the homeowners and the insurance industry. And I know if you said to me right now, where is your insurance policy, I would have absolutely no idea. My wife, thankfully, would know because she handles all the paperwork and she's very good about it. And And she has it all. I think it's in our lockbox. But the point is, I have not looked at my insurance policy in years. Yeah, I, would, I know where mine is, but I don't know what it says. I,
2: right. I, I used urge to be an insurance reporter. I you both to know where your policies are and know what they say. Um, we've been talking to a lot of people in Texas in the wake of Hurricane Harvey who do not have the insurance protection that they thought they would have going mm-hmm. into the storm and don't know what they have that's covered and it is a really scary situation. You don't want to wait until after a catastrophe to find out what you've been paying for all these years.
1: Right. And what what are what are people finding out? You said you guys have been talking to a lot of folks. What what are they finding out?
2: Yeah, so it's very standard at this point that the homeowners policy does not cover flooding, does not cover flood damage. And as we saw in Houston, flooding was the vast majority of the damage in that area. And so those homeowners are only covered if they bought flood insurance specifically, usually from the federal government and Within 100-year flood zones, you're required to buy that insurance if you have a federally-backed mortgage. But still, people don't always do it. It's not always enforced. And then outside those flood zones, a lot of people think they're safe and they don't have to buy that type of flood insurance. But this type of flooding in Houston was so massive that it went well beyond those those zones. And there are people who have never flooded before that are now grappling with Mold wow. in their homes so, I mean, and damage. Talk
1: to you. Talk to people who are in that situation. Yes. H- how do they deal? What do you What do you do? I mean, what do you possibly do?
2: I mean, I think definitely there will be litigation. Like, I think there will be lawyers that will try to wring whatever they can out of these insurance contracts, mm-hmm. find some loophole or some way to get coverage for people. But for the most part, they'll be dependent on federal grants, disaster grants, and also low interest loans from the federal government and their own savings and friends and family. It can be a real question of, is it worth it to rebuild or is it worth it to just pick up and move somewhere else?
0: Which is why, as Irma is bearing down on Florida, you're seeing that a lot of local uh, bank stocks are down sharply because people might end up, depending on how bad it gets in Florida, um, just walking away from their mortgages. And their houses. Oh, wow. if, if it gets that bad in Florida.
1: Yeah. Now, now Florida has uh, an interesting insurance uh, layout, or the industry is set up there oddly. What can you guys tell us about that?
0: Well, if you look at the top 10 insurers of homes in the state, you'll recognize if you're just a standard person off the street, you'll probably only recognize one name, and that's State Farm. They are one of the largest. Nicole, you would know better than me. I think they might be the largest still in the state. But their market share in the state is way smaller than anywhere else in the country. And then the other names... The
2: largest in Florida, the largest homeowners insurer is actually Citizens Property Insurance Corps, which is not a name you would recognize if you live outside of Florida. But it is is the um, state-backed insurer, and it's become the biggest provider of homeowners insurance in the state because after 2004, 2005, which is when we saw a lot of hurricanes hitting the U.S., including Katrina, but Mm -hmm. also... They they
0: ran out of letters that year. Yeah. Charlie, Francis,
2: Wilma, Rita. There was a ton of hurricanes. And so a lot of insurers got pretty walloped by these storms and largely pulled out of the Florida market, allowing these kind of smaller local firms to fill in the gap. And so those local firms Hmm. have now been providing insurance for more than a decade, but... They haven't seen a really big storm right. since the, that 2004-2005 season. And so this is a huge test for that market. How much can they withstand? And they are very reinsured. And so a lot of the losses will not really be paid by your local insurer, but it will be paid by these big international companies that are backstopping. But there's still questions of on the ground does that local insurer have enough people to get to your house quickly? Can they handle your claim? Do they have a call center? You know, just do they have the capacity to handle right. all of the claims that would be coming in, especially when a lot of the adjusters in the country are out in Texas?
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, and you, Nicole, you're closer to both of you, actually. You used to cover the insurance market, too. But in general, the insurance market works, for anyone who's, who's listening, wasn't familiar, maybe. Is I mean, the idea is you... Sell policies. You take in a lot of money. You build up reserves for when you have to pay out, you know, either health care or homeowners. But it works when you don't have to pay out as much as you're taking. And like you were saying, they haven't had any major storms for the last decade, so they've been they've been getting all these payments, building up their reserves, you know, for something just like this, right? Am I?
0: Yeah, that's true. That Although the, the exception here is that um, I mean, these small insurers, to the credit of the. Insurance regulators in Florida, they, the their reserves, they spend a large amount of what they would, could have reserved buying reinsurance all this time. So they do have claims paying ability, but a lot of it is because they have bought this backup hmm. protection, and those reinsurers are, as we said, flush with capital. Yeah. So, again, as Nicole said, it will be a test. Um, there is conceivably the possibility of a storm large enough that they go blow straight through their reinsurance. Uh, you know, we'll see. I don't know enough about individual capital structures of each of these individual insurers to know whether that's actually a threat here. But I'm not sure very many people do. I mean, th- that's that's what we're going to find out yeah. in, the, in the weeks ahead.
1: Uh, Nicole, what are you going to? I imagine you are going to be working all weekend.
2: I imagine so too. Yeah.
1: What are you going to be looking for over the weekend?
2: I mean, definitely the direction of the storm and early estimates of, you know, what the losses are going to be. And then we always really look out for the gap between the economic losses and the insured losses. And so how much of what was destroyed is covered by insurance and where, wh- which insurers have exposure, where is that money coming from, how will it get paid. And something else that we've been looking into is, of course, Irma has already gone through the Caribbean islands and caused a great deal of devastation right. there. And there is insurance in a lot of those places, largely for kind of big companies. These resorts have insurance. Businesses on these islands have insurance. But on the local level, there isn't the same degree of homeowners insurance and things like that. Right. And so there is you know, definitely a question of... What's going to happen wow. to some of the damage there and what they, and the gap between the economic losses and the insured losses on a lot of these Caribbean islands is expected to be much, much larger than it typically is in the U.S.
1: Ugh, yeah, like people just getting wiped out, losing everything and just having no recourse.
2: And Hurricane Jose is developing in the Atlantic and is likely to take the same path as Irma and so these islands that have already seen – Many of their buildings destroyed, people killed. Are now expecting another storm to barrel through, and so there's a lot of conversation right now: how do we evacuate people? What can we do to keep those people safe?
0: Wow, that is absolutely awful. That is just terrible. That one's not going to come to the U.S., though. We don't think, right?
2: I don't think so. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah but, but in terms of those folks in the already, Car- yeah. Caribbean who've already taken one hit, they're gonna. It's 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 tough. And wow.
2: we're it's only early September, and. Hurricane season lasts for another month or two. We're only at up to K, I think, in the alphabet. And so there could be more storms to come.
1: Oh, God. All right. Uh, Nicole Friedman, thank you very much. Eric Holm, thank you very much. Everyone, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon.